Welcome to I'm Obsessed With This, the Netflix podcast about the shows and films everyone seems to be talking about and why. As usual, we will be having spoiler-filled discussions of all titles, so check the show notes for timestamps in case you want to avoid them. I am your host, Bobby Finger, and I am joined today by writer and comedian Hallie Kiefer. Hello, Hallie. Oh, hi. And calling in from beautiful Los Angeles, or at least I assume it's beautiful today, is Ryan O'Connell, writer, creator, and star of the new Netflix original series, Special. Hello, you two. Hi. Hi, Ryan. Hello, hello. LA is actually being a temperamental diva today. It's about to rain. It's about to rain? Wait, what? Yeah. It's rained a lot this year, I feel. Yeah, she's feeling, she has feelings this year. So you mm-hmm. had your beautiful super bloom, and now you have the rain. You're getting a little bit of both. I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> did you see the super bloom? I did. I just saw like I just saw one video where someone was driving their car over it. it, it I, by the time I caught it, it was when people, there was the backlash of people visiting it all. People drove, I didn't see that. People were driving their well, cars Well, they're like, though. don't pick the flowers. And then like, there's just a video of someone just driving an SUV <laughs> through them. I don't know where they were going. <laughs> there was no road there. So um, I think that was my first and only um, foray. And it was beautiful, though. Yeah, it was Ryan. Ryan, why were you driving through the Super Bloom? <laughs> where were you going? I know, and I don't even know how to drive. So it was my first time driving. Someone said, <laughs> like, there's a there's a parking lot we can go, or we can go in the Super Bloom. And I said, Super Bloom. Right, there's no you know? other car, so it's actually very safe. <laughs> yeah, actually, it really, really worked. <laughs> okay, that'll be the next, you know, once a century Super Bloom. How, what, every 10 years, every 15 years? Um, there will be some business right. that's like, learn to drive in the Super Bloom. <laughs> it's yeah. extremely safe. <laughs> um, I was in, last time I was in LA, I was in a lift and we were talking to the driver because, you know, LA, everyone talks in LA and it's like, yeah. sometimes fine. It's um, shocking. I, I've <laughs> everyone been to LA talks once in LA. Was, honestly, I had like a full book conversation with someone I just met. I'm like, wow. We talked about the rain because it was raining a lot when I was there. And I was like, you know, that's great because you just had all those horrible fires. Like, at, at least there's a lot of rain. And he was like, Actually, he full on Debbie Downer us and he was like, well, actually, that just means it's going to be incredibly well grown in spring and all of that's going to die in the summer and then it's just going to be kindling for more fires. Oh, my God. So that's all I see when I see the Super Bloom now. I'm like, well. Is he like a firefighter on the side? Like he knew No, but it? he did say that when he was a kid, he loved setting fires oh, in girl. suburban oh. New Jersey. Oh, as one God. does. So again, I'm so sorry. We're talking about fires instead of Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Thank you for being on the podcast today. I know you called in. It's three hours earlier there. Don't worry about it. I, I'm an early bird. It's all good. What are you drinking? We always talk about the drinks on the show. That's such a stupid part of the thing. Hallie has an iced coffee with oat milk. Right, which I felt like a real ass <laughs> requesting, but boy, is it hitting the spot. Uh, so thank you so much, Bobby. I love oat milk, and I feel like, Ryan, are there new milks in L.A.? I feel like you get the milks first. What is, what's the milk, What's goss? the newest milk? There's a lot of different milk journeys that you can take. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, okay, so I'm going to say something disgusting and say that I actually was doing low-fat milk up until two months ago. I know, mm-hmm. I know. No. It's, it's how not we were right. raised, mm-hmm. I mean. It's not right, but it's okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I switched over to almond two months ago. And never looked back. And then I tried oat the other day and I was like, not for me. Not, it's for, not me. for you. I like a no. coconut milk. To be fair, it does taste a little bit like coconut, which for some people, <laughs> they'd rather drink, you know, blood. I don't know. I like a, I like a whole milk or an oat milk. Mm-hmm. A whole milk? milk? Okay. She's living her life. I love yeah. whole. I half and half. Oh, What's well, half and half I don't even think I, I don't know if I could tell I'm the not really sure taste. I know what that difference is. Oh, you seem so confident. But I believe you. <laughs> I think it's lower carb. Mm. I think half and it half is. is lower carb. That's what they tell us. If they tell us it's low carb, I mean... Half it. and half, it seems richer, but it's actually, it doesn't really do much for me. Um, I'm not, I don't enjoy it. 
what are we doing here? Um, (laughs) I don't know. I'm just getting to know both of you. This is really a delight. So let's move on to uh, the part of the show where we talk about the things we watched on Netflix recently. Hallie, let's start with you. What did you watch recently on Netflix? Not counting your homework assignments. Just something else that you watched that you liked. Oh. um, Could be anything. um, Other than my homework assignments... Um, well, I finally watched You, which mm-hmm. everyone had enjoyed, and it was great, mm-hmm. and I'm on board for all of it. Um, I do, I am concerned that we have now entered into a phase of TV where every show is about a sympathetic serial killer. <laughs> like, because I was like, don't, don't let them find you out, you know? And then by the end of it, you're like, oh boy, I guess I uh, really root for the you wrong. You should have been found out. Right. Um, but I'm sure, I feel like we're at a point where we're going to come back out of that once we realize, like, we don't have any more serial killer stories. Like, we're going to, you know... Mm-hmm sort of cycle back out of that mm-hmm. still loved it um and i just pretty much just watch horror movies you know any terrible horror movie any good bad you know on netflix what about you ryan um oh my god with netflix let's see i mean i'm watching the new season of queer eye mm-hmm. i have been watching um what have i been watching all the new all the final destinations over again oh yes i just watched the first one loved it yeah you know i you know which one i love the last one and I don't think I saw that. What, what, Hallie. G- just give me the highlight. Can me I one spoil highlight. it for you? Spoil it do you, for me? Do you yes, wanna of know, course. Do you want to know how it is? It turns out it's a prequel to the, the it's whole a, season. Yes. Are you serious? That's yes. what it is. I literally just guessed that because I was like, what's the dumbest thing that could possibly be? I saw the, I'm kidding. I love that. <laughs> I saw the uh, the the final wow. the final, final Destination love 2 it. in theaters. Absolutely love had it. No, in 3D. Had no idea what to expect. And the whole time you're kind of like, why does, you know, this weirdo have a flip phone? Like, it, like oh, weird little signifiers it. that it's in the past, but not enough to kind of make you go crazy because the 90s are hip again. Exactly. So you're like, oh, he has a flip phone. It's ironic. Or like it, n- the, the fashions are a little dated, but also like what is Bella Hadid wearing lately? Like it all looks right, like exactly. that. And then they get on the I plane die. at the end of the movie no. and they get on the plane that Devin Sawa gets off of. Thank you for spoiling it, because now I will go back and I will watch all of them. Uh, it's incredible. No, it's like it's an, when you when you realize what's happening. It. It's like, oh, we're going to Paris for our school trip in the final, you know, five Ooh. minutes of the movie. It's, in, I mean, it's like this wonderful reveal, and then that's, they blow up. That's an M Night Shyamalan style twist. It really is, and I feel like people didn't talk about it enough. No one saw it. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think people were talking because nobody probably knew. You gotta watch Final Destination <laughs> Five. I'm in. One, two, three, all good. Four is a little rough. Five is. Maybe is it the best? Maybe. Wow. All right. I'm in. Hot take. Hot take. Maybe it's 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 very very good. Um, and then I recently I was at a party a week ago, and the the host had you know how sometimes people put like a thing on the TV on mute. I don't care for that? that. Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've never Not done for it, me. but I've seen it. And they've had uh the Fifth Element on mute. That seems like a wild choice. And I didn't know a lot of people there, so I found myself watching The Fifth Element on mute <laughs> right, yeah. the entire time. And then I went home and I was like, I got to finish The Fifth Element with sound, as it was intended to be I was obsessed with The Fifth Element, and I believe Gary Oldman is the villain. He is. I, for good. some reason, I had a weird crush, an absolute crush on him in that movie. He has like a weird hairstyle. Like a plastic toupee, sort of. Mm-hmm. Loved him. Yeah. You have a weird crush on Gary Oldman. You love serial killers winning. I, yes, I am. I'm the target audience of Netflix, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But we are here to talk about special. Mm-hmm. It's called cerebral palsy. What's that? Cerebral palsy is a disability resulting from damage to the brain before, during, or shortly after birth, and outwardly manifested through muscular incoordination. <laughs> mm-hmm. A show written, created by. Starring Ryan O'Connell, who's on the phone with us. Ryan, I watched it all yesterday. Let me just say, I hated it. I'm kidding. No, I, I thought it was lovely. 
Um, I did have that moment of like, what if I hate this so much mm-hmm. and then I have to play well, yeah, it off? Yeah, of course. Um, frankly, I was like, most shows should be 15 minutes mm-hmm. or could very well be 15 minutes. Great cast. And also, I, and I wanted to, this is Ryan, what I wanted to bring up to you, which I thought, uh, being of a person, I'm assuming of a similar age, working for a company and, and going through an era as a writer where you are expected to mine all of your personal, the details of your, your life. Yeah. And I thought that, I just sort of I wanted to ask you about that, like, how, how like, is that your takeaway now? Like, well, maybe not always a great idea, but ultimately, you know, I reach out to people. You know what I mean? Like, there was some good to it. Yeah. What do you think about that now? I mean, it's so weird because I feel like the three, two years, I mean, I feel like I only worked at Thought Catalog full-time for like two years, which is LOL, because I think in internet years, it's like 20, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's true, um, yeah. And I think that I, I'm so ambivalent about it because I think you know, on one hand, it was a really exciting time, and it was really cool mm-hmm. to be writing about things that no one else was really talking about, um, but it also became this, like, we created a monster where, like, it kind of morphed into something else, which was, like, viral hits viral hits like what weird like aspect of my personal life has the opportunity to go viral which is like honey a lens where like you don't want to be looking through you know what i mean oh absolutely Um, so it got a little like zero dark 30 at the end um but i think it kind of it came from like a good place and it kind of evolved into something else you know what i mean oh yeah what was the first blog post you remember writing that you were like wow that's that may have been too much um I oh I wrote this post called "Sleeping with a Slut," LOL. And <laughs> was um, LOL I mean, part of the thing? Or are you saying LOL now? The LOL <laughs> is my abridged my 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 postscript. Um, <laughs> I like I was twenty four. I mean, honey, like when you're twenty four, like you have a rat poison brain. Anyway, oh yeah, no, like a hundred percent. Like you just do. Like do not disturb. <laughs> do not touch. Um. So basically, like I I was sleeping with this guy. Um. And he was really really good in bed. And like when someone's really good in bed, it's like this kind of double-edged sword, which is like yay, but also like honey, like where have you been? Like like and you feel self-conscious. You know what I mean? Like you feel mm-hmm. very self-conscious because like you're not sure if you're delivering on your end of things. Anyway, so I wrote this post, and of course the guy was upset, which I was like so stupid. I was like, what do you mean? I like didn't quite understand. I had no boundaries honey like did you name him in it no 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 i mean i'm not i wasn't that psychotic right i mean i I feel like there was a lot you know what i mean people would sometimes do that yeah was that your most like harriet the spy moment like did you ever write something that people (laughs) got actually angry at you for um not really but the thing is like with thought catalog it took a lot of heat but like the fact is that everyone was garbage mm-hmm. gawker people were garbage absolutely Jezbo, like like everyone was trash like <laughs> let, let's not like let's not try to elevate anyone above anyone else like everyone was just jerking each other off and getting each other's like intellectual cum on each other's faces and like that's what it was it was like a giant circle jerk well, so I like remember, it was i don't well, know I was saying, like, as a woman i swear to god everyone i knew you could find the most intimate details of your life all on XO Jane. I don't even know if that site paid. Or maybe it paid like fifty bucks a pop. Like something you, I was like fifty bucks on a good day. I would, I would, I would. Uh, yeah, I mean for like something that's gonna get traffic. I the stuff that I would not admit if there was a gun in my head. People were just like, that's what it is now. So I, and I feel like I'm not nostalgic for that. But it is funny how f- you just don't. We just don't have that in a, in the matter of a span of a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cultures change completely. Yeah. but I will say like. There were a lot of fun aspects of that time. There just mm-hmm. was. Like, Kat Marnell's writing was incredible. Right. Um, like, the internet to me was, like, I remember it used to be, like, funny. Like, Tracy Absolutely. Egan Morrissey, Tracy Egan Morrissey would write these truly lol posts on Jezebel yes. that were so fucking funny. Slut Machine. Like, 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 and Lindy it truly, West. 
Yeah. Yeah. Lindy, Lindy West was hilarious. Like the laws like flowed freely and like and it was expected like it I was miss. like if you weren't bringing that material then people were not going to read it i was reminiscing recently about video gum and gave mm. delahay which for me every post was hilarious every post was like golden and then those yeah, yeah and once things change like that that is not you're not expected to do that and if anything yeah. if you do that people feel a certain way about and then it, it was like facebook news kind of changed everything like people getting all their news on facebook like destroyed all of those like very personal just like funny funny blog sites mm-hmm. they could no but longer you know exist you would see like the beginnings though of outrage culture which is like Absolutely. someone would someone would get like harvested you know what i mean they could be like the new victim of the week of like someone like the justine sacco or whatever the girl who was like i'm going to africa i hope i didn't get like so the public shaming would start, <laughs> would begin that was the origin and it was really interesting yeah people would just like you know, devour someone, leave them for dead, and then move on to the next victim. So there, there was the seeds of that kind of like Salem witch trial vibe. Um, but it was, I don't know, but it's still, overall, I think it was a more innocent time. I think the world was simpler. It was pre-Trump. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It also felt very creative. Like, I remember, like, like in the beginning of Thought Catalog, like, I, the, one of the first posts I wrote was, like, what it feels like to get fucked in the ass because no one had written about it before. And I was like, why is no one talking about this? Like, having anal sex is, like, truly incredible and insane and overwhelming and all these things. And, like, why is no one discussing it? I don't know. It's like, like I know that sounds stupid, but, like, oh, there, no, was not at all. Lo- there was it's- a lot to explore that had not been explored yet. You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. That was the exciting part for me was, like, being able to, like, challenge that and and you know bring something new to the conversation and it's like and also by the way this is again lol but like this was 2010 which was before even girls came out so talking about being in your 20s well now it's like are you kidding me we're all like 36 and like trying to buy a house but like back (laughs) then it was like it was like a different time like no one really was talking about you know being a millennial and what that meant i mean it's like again 2010 it feels like 40,000 years ago but no you're right it's changed so much I, i always feel like i'm I feel like Twitter is sort of like the bastion of that where people are like both overly a little personal and also trying to be really funny. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I'm almost done with Twitter. Like mm-hmm. I'm at a point oh, where yeah. every day I'm like, I got to delete this because I can't take the onslaught. But also like uh, Ryan, just it's like every 24 year old has a rat brain. It's like, but also like 24 year olds, like we, they should be allowed to have rat brains. Like they course, should be allowed yeah. to like spew things and like, and have, you know what I mean? Like to mess up and like, have these weird adventures but because of the way the internet works though that's that it's then preserved forever mm-hmm. and then people feel they need to comment on it it's just unfortunate to be like i don't know what like a 22 year old would do now but it's like that sucks like there was a lot of freedom in that yeah and i feel like but i feel like because so many people were doing it we're gonna have to find a way to just deal with that past at some point oh, like yeah. when we're all older it's like right you know we all share this like this like decade of nightmares that we shared online it is just they're all theirs. there let's yeah. just let's just let's just overlook it we've all grown it's fine right like that i remember <laughs> for me i think maybe the jumping the shark moment is when that woman wrote for jezebel about hooking up with her biological dad and i was like <laughs> oh, oh, perhaps wow. it is the end of an era perhaps <laughs> we've arrived at the end yep 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 okay you guys listen up i need viral content now samantha remember when you told everyone about the unexpected orgasm you had during your abortion um, actually, that was just to you, and it was in complete confidence. Oh, my God. Oops. Um, okay, well, now that I've freed you from the shame of your secret, can you, like, can you write about it? So, Ryan, you, you worked at Thought Catalog, then you sold your book, I'm Special, um, and Otherwise yes. We Tell Ourselves, in, correct me if I'm wrong, 2015. 
Yes. That's and then correct. you took the like long, arduous process of developing a television show. Um, yeah. And I can imagine that developing a television show about a gay man with cerebral palsy uh, is probably very difficult. Can you tell me a little bit about that process? Because like pitching a show is probably already a nightmare. And it's like it was probably a nightmare for Lena Dunham, who's like, I'm a white straight lady. I want to write a show like I can only imagine what it was like for you. Yeah, it was a journey like like when <laughs> like they were people like weren't chomping at the bit initially because it was just like confusing for them so Mm -hmm. like so i went out with like i went out with a pitch in 2015 with like my gay mafia jim parsons this producer john reggie who produced comeback and 30 rock and my um close friend craig johnson who directed the movie skeleton twins and uh alex strange love and you know we went we did every pitch and everyone seemed to really love it and respond it went over really well um we had been told that some places were going to make an offer and then one by one they got cold feet and you have to understand like 2015 was again a different different time especially in hollywood like people were just like broad city inside amy schumer women being funny crazy (laughs) so like gay disability was like babe like lol like what's that like it just like was not in terms like the marginalized populations it was like down the list (laughs) like so um, you know, and so basically we ended up selling it to this digital branch of Warner Brothers called Stage 13 and they commissioned me to write the scripts. And partially also why it took so long was that I was I was writing for television shows. And so I was in a writer's room and I was basically just doing this on the weekends. And then um, and then I wrote I finished when I finished Will and Grace, I finished the scripts and then we sent them to Netflix and Netflix had never done short form before, but they really liked the scripts. And so. Um, so they bought them and I mean, it sounds really truncated when I'm telling you now, but like it was four years of like, this will never happen. Like, this is never going to happen. Like, should I just quit? Should I just like not even write the scripts? Like it was really, really demoralizing because we were just, it felt like we were just faced with all these roadblocks and what to me, what I didn't understand was like, I was trying to tell like a pop song. Like I was like, the pitch was basically like, like Ryan seems unconventional because he's gay and disabled and like there is specificity to that experience. But really like when you boil him down, like the basic wants and desires of a human being are all universal. So like, I'm not trying to make some like lo-fi, like whatever, like weird experimental show. I'm trying to make like Ariana Grande sweetener, but like in a, in a weird package. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and what's great about it is the show came out on Friday and just the reaction's been so positive and it's been, everyone's calling it like relatable and all these things, which is just, to me, that just means so much. Cause I just, you know, I've always known that my life isn't so fucking strange. <laughs> yeah. Like... It reminds me of, it reminds me of, to, to go back to Lindy West, it reminds me a lot of the rea- the response to Shill, the Hulu show. Yeah. Shrill. Shrill, sorry. Yeah. Shrill. Shrill's movie. Shill. Shill. Yeah, <laughs> but the, but the show where I, where, where it's like very specific, unique experience about like, like a, a woman who's a writer in Portland. I know plenty of people who watched that show and had no idea what it was, had no idea who Lindy West is, who were like, that was a great show and have nothing in common with her. And I think mm-hmm. that right. that must be surprising to like the people who see it as such like a, an, an acutely like specific experience. And it must be satisfying to see like, hey, like we're all pretty much the same. Like mm-hmm. we're all going through the same shit. Right. Well, like what execs in Hollywood, especially at the network level, like like the big like NBC, like with CBS, those things. It's like people are really scared to make specific kind of shows because they worry that people won't relate to it. So what they end up doing is they end up doling the edges and then by trying to make it relatable to everyone, it ends up being relatable to no one because it doesn't resemble anything. It's just a pile of gibbity gobbity goop. So like, they need to realize that through specificity, you get to the universal aspects of the story. That's like, that's just like storytelling 101. 
I don't know how they react because I I feel like my favorite part of the show is your relationship with your mom, played by Jessica. Is it Hache? Uh, Hacked. Jessica Hacked. Hacked. Um, and I think it was interesting. I was thinking about the pitch because it's like I feel like shows about young people. They're like, we want to be out dating and sex and like adventure, and it's like, and also about an adult gay man and his relationship with his mother. But that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially as someone who is in my thirties, where it's like, yeah. I'm I'm kind of over it. You mean like the 20s experience? I had it. It was great. And now I'm like, how can I have a better relationship with my parents? Like, how can I think about you? Know, be like, is are my parents okay? I hope they're okay. How, yeah. how can yeah. I learn about them as people before they die? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So for me, I was watching it, loved it. I, you know, I don't know. It's almost something where it's like, I don't know how. I, maybe that's my question. Is like, how did you have to sort of like sneak that part in the back, or were you very upfront about the pitch being like, and a big part of this is like this intense, complicated relationship Ryan between and his you, mom. Between your mom, in part because of your disability. Yeah, that was definitely upfront. So, like, listen, if you like are lucky to emotionally mature at a healthy rate, you become less interested in yourself and you become more interested in other stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky, honey, <laughs> and like, I believe me, I had OD'd on myself through thought cattle. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like she needs to go. Um, I was really interested in telling uh, a story of first and like what that would look like through the lens of a 28 year old gay guy with CP, and what would like, that look like with a woman in her early 50s because they're going through the same experiences but at wildly different phases of their life and I thought that was so interesting I just like like I thought oh what what an interesting vantage point these two different kind of these interest like, you know I don't know so it was really important to me that it almost played like a two-hander and you see Ryan and his mom go through very very similar things but react to them differently because obviously they're in totally different stages do you feel like it's similar to your relationship with your actual mother or was this something that felt like something unique or like different from that? Yeah, no, it's definitely based on me and my mom. I mean, my mom is like this. This show was definitely like an exercise in wish fulfillment because my mom has always put herself last. She's like the, the most selfless person I know. And I've always been like, God, like, what would my mom do if she actually like asked herself, like, what is it that I want? Because I don't think she's ever asked herself that. And so this was just sort of like uh, I got greedy and I just was like, I want to make a show about this because it makes me sad that my mom doesn't really like look under the hood and kind of think about her own wants. Um, So, yeah, it's pretty much it is very much based on my mom. But I would say that Jessica brought her own kind of brand of kooky warmth to the role. Like, Like I think like as a writer, what you hope for is that an actor will come in and do something completely different for the part than you imagined it's a really lovely performance and i and that was one of the things i didn't i didn't know i knew it was about you and so to mm-hmm. see like your character's mom remain such a essential character the thing was really satisfying and surprising to me i was like oh she's a huge part of the show that was entirely unexpected to me yeah no she's she's incredible i mean it's such an interesting story to tell and again like i'm like it's really a whole show about me like i'm bored <laughs> also, also mom i forgot i didn't realize that she was susan from friends yeah, she's Susan and she's from Friends. Paul Giamatti's ex-wife from Sideways. Oh, she has like yeah. one really sad, a couple sad scenes, but like really sweet scenes. And I had just rewatched Sideways, so I was like, I, oh, I haven't her. seen it. It's probably on so, Netflix. <laughs> I don't think it is actually. She's I don't incredible. Get on that. <laughs> I I wanted to ask about to go back to gay sex. I want to talk about yeah. the sex scene with Brian Jordan Alvarez, who is h- hilarious so and funny. and wonderful in his own right. But that. See, my, a friend of mine watched the show, watched special before I did, and mm-hmm. he was sort of like live texting me through part of it, 
And he was like, there's a sex scene in this that I cannot, I cannot believe that I'm watching this on television, let alone Netflix. And even knowing that going into it, I could not believe that I was watching it on television, let alone Netflix when I got to that part. Like, did putting a gay sex scene so explicit, Mm -hmm. not just in terms of like nudity and I don't know, thrusting, but like Mm -hmm. the little specifics of the act itself was that a hard sell uh no very easy um people people knew that i had a gay agenda a gay sex agenda Mm -hmm. um i'm really frustrated by the fact that gay sex has not been normalized and brought into the mainstream i mean i even go to like you know and there's so many gay comics now which is incredible but even like when they try an anal sex joke like you hear like part of like the audience cringe and you're like bitch we're in west hollywood what the fuck Mm -hmm. like what is going on like people are just still like TBD about a penis and a butt like I don't get it I just like don't understand it so like it was really really important to me that we show Ryan Lewis's virginity and we do not shy away because I've talked about it in like other interviews and stuff but like I remember seeing call me by your name and when they panned away to the moon I was like you must be joking me (laughs) I felt like I felt like we had been tricked and I felt like as gay men like we're so starving for like any representation like we'll take all the scraps but like honey we got fucked with that like we got fucked in not a great way we don't yeah I I I read a recent interview I don't remember who it was with but you were like yeah we saw we see Timmy Chalamet fuck a peach but we can't watch him fuck another person like that's wild that's That's really wild it's not okay and it's like I always looked at how girls kind of revolutionized straight sex in a way and I was like well why has that not been done in like with gay sex so I it was really really important for me that we show it naturally and shooting it was kind of surreal because I mean I wrote that part for Brian he's a friend of mine and Brian is such a unicorn in the sense that he has no judgment like at all like he's just like literally like a free love like whatever Mm -hmm. so I was like okay if there's anyone that I can like get fake fucked on camera by it's definitely him and I was really nervous leading up to the shoot because you know this is like my first job acting so like I'm going from like never acting to like literally in a cocksock like thrusting you know what I mean so like it was a lot for me and Brian was just sort of like my gay sex scene whisperer like he just like he was so incredibly generous and kind and I almost feel like I watched that scene and it's almost like watching a documentary because like everything Ryan's going through I was pretty much going through myself because it was so surreal to be acting this out Mm -hmm. but um I knew that when we shot it I was like we like this is something really unique and people are going to really respond to it and I can't wait for season two if we get picked up because I I want to go even deeper into gay sex and just again normalize it watching that for me was like I I think like there's a lot in a comedy you're sort of like only allowed to do sex if it's comedic I feel like Mm -hmm. so to me having sex where it's like just a we're just having sex Mm -hmm. this is not going to be traumatic this is not going to be a huge horrible like plot point it's also not going to be funny like we're not going to play this for laughs nobody's going to bust in the room to me it's like we just do need more of that like I it's like especially with like male nudity I feel like it's always played for laughs it's always supposed to be like the punchline so it was refreshing it was nice and it was one of the shows, I, I feel like I talk about the OA all the time, but the OA also had like a, a, a character, a gay character lose their virginity in a recent episode. And and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm like being a little overly judgmental, but I feel like gay sex and a lot of things is presented as this sort of like flippant, like like these gays just need to fucking get out of town mm-hmm. like and, and leave mm-hmm. the person's house. But it like both, both the special scene and the OA scene ended with like a conversation between these two adults. Like it wasn't funny. It wasn't weird. It was just like... It was special it was nice yeah i mean it's like just like real life that was insane 
anal sex is insane. <laughs> Was your first time. That's so nice. I feel honored. You know, I've had a few clients with CP, and you're by far the most limber. <laughs> CP? I have a pretty mild case. And I'm gonna have sex soon for free, okay? Just so you know. I believe you. Thank you. I don't know. You don't need to know. Come here. Not to go back too many beats, but I'm obsessed with the name Eggwoke, and I want to know where that came from. <laughs> well, okay, so we, I initially called it Millennial, okay? <laughs> and no one could fucking pronounce Millennial. It was like, because like people still, people say lol, which is disturbing to me. I like don't understand. It's lol. And so people would be like, Millennial, which doesn't work. Anyway, whatever. So anyway, we're like literally about to shoot. We were like a week out from shooting and they're like, we need to change the name. No one knows how to fucking say this. And then we were just like literally like at dinner and I was just like, I mean, look, I'm a pun machine. It's like a true disease that I suffer from that I wish, wish so badly I could be cured from, but I think it's terminal and like forever. Um, but actually that's contradicting itself. Anyway, but I, uh, yeah, so egg woke just came up, I don't know, from my brain while eating like nachos and queso and margaritas in Austin. So I just, I think it's something that actually could be like the name of website. Like, you know what I mean? Like I could actually see it. Like, you know, I don't know. I like it feels it. real. <laughs> the, um, the, the line that your boss has where it's like, okay, like sweeties, you got to write something viral. It, it's so absurd, but it was taking me back to blogging. Mm, and I was like, yeah. that may never have been said to me, but that was definitely implied to me where it's just like, it was actually sort of traumatic to rewatch that. But I also sort of missed it. It's only through that pressure that you did write those things. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it had been up to yes. you, you'd be like, I'll get around to it. But you never would have actually put it down. Yeah. You know? But uh, before I let you go, I wanted to ask a final question. You sort of alluded to it recently. But what are your goals for a second season? Like, where do you think, where do you want the show to go if, in fact, it does get a second season? Um, I definitely want to keep, well, this is like a spoiler, obviously, but Ryan and Karen have a huge fight at the end of season one. Mm -hmm. And it's really important for me that they stay separated, that it doesn't get resolved immediately. Because like, I mean, think about family riffs, like literally like someone doesn't talk to Uncle Joey because he like literally gave them the wrong look while they were serving cherry pie in 1986 at Thanksgiving. So like literally like family riffs are very real. And so I think I don't want to resolve it in a way that feels like convenient or quick. Like, so I think. I actually want to keep them separate, like not in scenes together. Um, I want to. So the thing that was most punishing about the 15 minutes, because I'm come from half hour and for season two, I would want to do a half hour. I wouldn't I wouldn't do 15 minutes again. Um, And by half hour, I mean like 22 minutes Mm -hmm. um, is that we didn't get to dive into Kim as much as I would like. Mm -hmm. And so um, because it really was when you do 15 minutes, honey, it's a story. It's B story. That's all you have room for. So um, for season two, I'd really love to give a real emotional arc for Kim. And I also would like to bring back Brian as like a series regular. I kind of look at the relationship um, between Ryan and Shay as almost like Dr. Melfi and Tony Soprano, where they kind of like exist on their own island. Mm -hmm. But there's something about that Shay that where Ryan feels very comfortable and very free to be himself and explore himself. And I just I just think there's something really unique about that relationship that I would really like want to dive into. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us on the phone and yeah. good luck with the second season. Good luck with everything else. Enjoy the terrible LA weather and all the new <laughs> milks 
And uh, everyone can watch special right now on Netflix, all eight episodes. But with that, I think we're done talking yes. about shows for the week. Holly, thank you for coming. Bobby, a pleasure. You're so funny. Well, I, I just can't control me. myself when you're around. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, you haven't seen this, but Bobby's torn this room apart during this. <laughs> he just lost his goddamn. It was like a bat was in this room. Um, as as usual, call seven five four call Bob to share your current obsessions, and we might discuss it on a future episode. Call, call it seven five four call Bob. I'll leave call a voicemail. In. You gotta leave a voicemail. Then we can play them. Okay. Right. It'll be great. So thank you, Hallie. Thank you, Ryan O'Connell, for calling in. I know you're not there anymore. You're living your life. You're writing season two, I assume. Um, And we will see you in two weeks with another episode of I'm Obsessed With This. 